There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for a Monday, December 4th, 2023. We're close to Christmas. What, 21 days away from Christmas? Got Hanukkah starting this week. My daughter's very excited about that. She was actually born on Christmas, so December, a big month in the Rieger family. We got a lot going on, though, sports-wise as well. But before we get to anything, I must thank you for watching Friday's episode of The Daily Ticket, for listening to Friday's episode. We finally did the ticket trivia. I think it went well. Now, if we do it again, I'm going to put some more production cost into this thing. We're going to have more audio, maybe have a little music, more like graphics, right? However, Jeffrey Nemeth took on three people. Jeffrey Nemeth from Seattle, Washington was the winner. And he gets the honor of taking on Mike Stone. Taking on Mike Stone from the morning show, Stoney and Jansen, for Ticket Trivia Supremacy? Is that what we're going to call it? I don't know. Ticket Trivia Greatness? Stoney knows a whole hell of a lot about sports and I think Jeff Nemeth proved that he, too, knows a lot about Detroit sports, considering he won the event. So we'll do that next week, maybe even this week, depending on when everybody's schedule kind of syncs up. But I want to know from you before we get going, did you like it? Should we do it again? Like, we'll go Nemeth against Stoney for sure. But should we continue it? If you like it, let me know. If you hated it, let me know. And please, as always, rate and review. Subscribe. On the daily ticket. And if you leave a review, just leave your Twitter handle on the review. I'll reach out to you. And if we do the trivia again, I had a blast. I think I'll get you on the daily ticket. I'm with the show. So last week I did a podcast about the Lions. It was mostly Michigan, Ohio State reaction. But maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, I can't remember the day. We talked about the Lions and how over the last five games, they're scaring the shit out of us, right? They really are. Like, first six games, sensational. Last five games, not great. I had some stats to back it up. Jared Goff kept turning over the football. The defense, truly atrocious. They lost two of five games. A miracle, they didn't lose more than two. So finally, they had a chance on Sunday yesterday to play for the first time since Turkey Day when they lost to the Packers. They had a great chance to prove to people like me and you that there's no reason to worry, that the defense is going to be fine, that golf's going to be fine, that this team's going to be fine. And right off the jump, goddamn, they look good. They jumped out to a 21-0 lead. First time since 2000 that a team has scored three touchdowns in the first seven minutes of the football game. They looked fantastic. They forced a turnover by the Saints. They could not be stopped offensively. The defense got off the field. New Orleans didn't get their first first down until the second quarter. Like, it was a dominant first quarter. Dominant performance. But then you know what happened? It all went bad. Like, really, really bad. And it's funny because they led 21-0. And next thing you know, the Saints outscored them 21-3. And at one point, only down by three with a ton of time left to come back. And due to the Lions, what other teams have always done to the Lions. 
killed them in the worst way. Everything went wrong for Detroit the last three quarters of this football game until they actually went right. I had a feeling that SOL was back. SOL made a little weekend jaunt to the Big Easy. SOL was partying on Bourbon Street with a bunch of Lions fans on Saturday night. SOL probably had every intention of finding his way into the Superdome to do what he does best. But the crazy thing is, it never happened. In the past, it always happens. How many games have the Lions found weird-ass ways to lose? Ways you never forget. We list them down constantly. Every Lions fan knows about them. Those are the SOL losses. And on Sunday, yesterday, in New Orleans, all the signs were there. Blowing 21-0 lead. Defense couldn't stop anybody. Chris Olavi, their wide receiver, went insane, 119 yards receiving. Alvin Kamara and Taysen Hill, they didn't have much trouble running the football. And the Lions pretty much cemented the fact, at least in my mind, that if they make the playoffs, which they're going to make the playoffs, they're not going to go very far. This defense just isn't good enough. And the offense, after jumping out to a 21-0 lead, punted four out of the next six drives and settled for two field goals on the other two drives. Like, it was typical, soon-to-be, going to stab you again, SOL's greatest victory. But it didn't happen. Because something about Dan Campbell coach teams does not allow it to happen. The Lions all of a sudden win close games instead of losing close games. And yeah, they leave you plenty to bitch about, the defense specifically. But do you know that Dan Campbell in the last, what, 21 games? How many have they won? 22 games, I should say. They've won 17 of them. And there's never been a losing skid. After every loss, Campbell finds a way to start a new winning streak. That's exactly what happened yesterday. When things looked the darkest, when you really thought it was going to happen, when everybody was freaking out collectively on social media, the Lions made their move. They turned to Ben Johnson, who was getting criticism, and Jamison Williams, who got criticism. Lions recovered a fumble late in the third quarter, only up by six. People were all over Ben Johnson, too conservative, play calling on the offense. They were bitching and moaning on social media. Next thing you know, two plays into the drive. Johnson calls this unbelievable reverse for Jamison Williams. And Jamison Williams shows to everybody why the Lions took him 12 overall a couple years ago. My God, the speed on JMO. He not only went in 20-some yards out untouched. But he jumped from the five-yard line into the end zone. I found myself wondering a couple different things. Number one, where did that extra burst come from? Number two, why why don't they do this more often? And number three, I'm a 48-year-old man. What would it feel like to be J-Mo, to have that kind of athleticism, to have that kind of ups? My God, the kid is special. And I know he's polarizing, and I know people give him a hard time, but he truly is coming along. He will disappear for a little bit, 
you'll ask yourself, where's number nine? And next thing you know, there's number nine. And it was massive. It was huge. Lions won the football game because of that play. But they also won the football game because of Bruce Irvin. Bruce Irvin, the newcomer, the former Seahawks, he's like 36 years old. Lions got him, didn't expect to do much, didn't play against the Packers. Not only did he get the team's only sack, the pass rush is still a problem, guys. My God, is the pass rush a problem. But he sacked Derek Carr. Lions only had one sack. But he also, late in the game, got in on Derek Carr. And by the way, this was going to be one of your typical SOL defensive drives. Let me set it up for you very quickly, all right? The Lions led 33-21 after getting a touchdown on that fumble recovery. We just talked about the Jamison Williams gorgeous touchdown that he was able to score in the reverse. So Lions lead it, and next thing you know, typical Lions SOL defense comes to play. You're looking at third and 17. The Saints are trying to come back. They're down two scores. On third and 17, Derek Carr passes over the middle to Alvin Kamara. Short eight-yard gainer. Not going to get the job done. Saints are going to go for it because they're still nine yards out to two scores back. They're going to lose the game if they don't do that. Next thing you know, you see the yellow laundry. Bruce Irvin called for roughing the passer. They go ahead and they give the first down to the, the, the they go ahead and they give the first down to the Saints. Irvin called for roughing the passer. That is such SOL crap. I don't even know if it was roughing the passer, but it was close. But next thing you know, Derek Carr has to leave the game. He's got a shoulder injury. They actually brought the card out, but he was able to walk out on his own power. So they brought in Jameis Winston. Now, to be fair, they should have kept Taysom Hill in the ball game, but they decided not to do that. So you got Jameis. And Joe Davis, by the way, who was calling the game for Fox, kept calling it the Jameis Winston experience because he's the only quarterback ever to throw for 30 touchdowns in one season and 30 interceptions. So the Saints go with Jameis. And on third and 13, he goes deep under-throwing ball, deflects off Kirby Joseph. Next thing you know, Chris Olave was able to corral it. And the Saints end up scoring a touchdown. Saints score a touchdown. It's a one-possession game again. Then the next thing you know, Lions have to punt. So it's 33-28. The Lions go three and out. And you're like, it's happening. It's happening. It's freaking happening again. Saints running all over the Lions. A combination of Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. My goodness gracious, right? But next thing you know, this defense that has been bashed, it's been ripped on, it's been complained about, they find a way to get a stop. Second and six, Jameis incomplete to Chris Olave. Jameis was not on sync with anybody. He was very inaccurate. Third and six, Jameis incomplete to Elvin Kamara. And then on fourth and six, wide open Chris Olave. Bad pass by Jameis Winston. Lions win the ballgame. Lions win the ballgame. But in the process, there was still time left. Jared Goff made two of the most pretty clutch throws you're going to see on third down. So the Saints didn't get the football back. He hit Josh Reynolds on one. He hit Sam Laporta on another. And I didn't think golf was great yesterday, but he did turn over the football. So that's a huge improvement. 
All in all, in a game that the Lions have lost our entire lifetime, they find a way to win. Now, I am concerned about their defense. You should be too. I am concerned about Jared Goff. You should be too. I'm concerned what they get to the postseason because their magic number is three. They're going to win the division for the first time in 30 years. I'm concerned that they're going to get popped in the first round of the playoffs at Ford Field. I'm concerned about all that stuff. But you know what? After watching this game, you know what happened to me? I had an epiphany. My epiphany? Fuck it. Enjoy yourself. They are nine and three. They have, at the taping of this podcast, the second best record in the NFC. They have every chance to get the two seed, which right now, by the way, would be a home playoff game against the Seahawks. I know you're worried about the Seahawks because they got the Lions number, but they don't look all that good despite hanging with Dallas on Thursday. My point is, we've waited 61 years to be 9-3. and three. That's how long it's been. We've waited such a long time to get another playoff game, to win the division, which, by the way, is damn near a certainty at this point. The magic number, again, is three. Nobody's catching you. We've waited such a long time to get back to the postseason to win a playoff game. And, yes, for a little bit, we got carried away with the whole, like, hey, we can get the one seed, and, oh, you know what, we can go to the Super Bowl, and why not us? Team's not good enough to go to the Super Bowl. Team's not good enough to make a deep postseason run. I don't care anymore. Why waste time worrying about it? Why waste time thinking to yourself, oh shit, this is going to come to an end. Who cares? Enjoy it. Let's go ahead and enjoy it all. The crowds have been great at Ford Field. So many people made their way to the Superdome in the Big Easy yesterday. There was a Let's Go Lions chance all over the place. We hope this is just the beginning, which maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who knows? But I'm not worrying anymore. I know the defense stinks. I know it's going to be the death of them. I understand that. I don't fully trust Jared Goff. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him or not. I don't care. I'm just going to enjoy. They got five games left and then probably a playoff game. Enjoy it. Because you know what? A, your worrying doesn't solve anything. And B, you know the warts on this team. They are real. They're not changing. They may, may very well be unfixable. I don't care. Enjoy. That's my epiphany. Enjoy it. Don't worry anymore. And whatever happens, happens. And just be happy that games that the Lions throughout the course of our lives have always lost, like yesterday, they now find ways to win. And Dan Campbell, say whatever you want about the guy. 22 games and not a single two-game losing skid. Pretty damn impressive. So I want to know what you think. Comment section below. What did you think about yesterday? Were you impressed that it did not go all SOL? And more than anything, shouldn't we all collectively just be happy we got ourselves a good football team? Listen, team's good. Maybe in the right conditions, they upset somebody in the postseason. I don't think that's going to happen because I think better offenses are going to expose this defense that can knock it home on the quarterback and unfortunately can't cover anybody. I don't care, though. What about you? Are you more worried or are you more just living it up, my friends, like Lions fans were doing yesterday on Bourbon Street? Let me know in the comment section. But that's a big win for the Lions. <clears throat> Very big win. Now, before we let you go, usually – 
I do the comment section. Every podcast, I read a positive, I read a negative. <clears throat> there are some positives for the trivia game on Friday. I'll get to those, I promise. But I wanted to hit on something instead of the comments today. Because everybody freaked out over the weekend about the CFP. Michigan didn't look all that good against Iowa. It doesn't matter. They're the one seed. Georgia lost to Alabama. Washington beat Oregon on Friday night. And now the CFP is complete. <clears throat> we know who Michigan's going to play. Michigan's one. Washington's two. Texas is three. They obliterated Okie State. And number four, number four was the controversy. It was either Florida State or Alabama, who in the SEC title game beat Georgia, who has not lost for 29 games. What would the committee do? Would they put Florida State in? Would they put Florida State in without their quarterback? Jordan Travis is awesome, but he's also done for the season. That Florida State team, despite beating Louisville, despite being a conference champion in a Power 5 conference, despite being 13-0, and 0, they're not the same team. Without Jordan Travis, they score 20 less points. They were a plus 1,500 to win it all before the announcement yesterday. Can't put them in. Now, there's all these people like, oh, the games matter. The games matter. People crying. The games matter. They went on defeat. You can't put them in. People yelling about SEC bias. Oh, all the committee cares about is TV and matchups. Can't put them in. First time ever in the CFP that an undefeated conference champion of a Power Five conference is left out. They should have been left out. Committee made the right choice. And it's not about the SEC bias. And it's not about TV ratings, even though TV ratings will be through the roof because Michigan will play Alabama on New Year's Day, which is a Monday. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about the fact that if you've watched Florida State the last two games, they're not the same team. They would have got rolled, absolutely obliterated. If they played Michigan or Washington, they would have been a free pass for both those teams to go to the championship game. Instead, you got to face Alabama. And yeah, I understand Alabama had a close win against Auburn. And I also understand Alabama had one loss and they lost to Texas at home. I don't care. They're the better team. And if you don't believe that, you're lying to yourself. You should have heard the audible gasp from the Michigan team because there's video of them watching the selection show. They wanted Florida State. And who could blame them? Of course they would want Florida State. They would obliterate Florida State, but now they're getting Bama. And Nick Saban's going to get a month to try and scheme a defense to shut down their offense. And early odds, Michigan favored by a point and a half. And by the way, historically, Jim Harbaugh does not do well when his team gets a month off to prepare for the CFP or a bowl game. Committee get it right, though. The committee get it right. Because anybody that says otherwise just at, needs to ask themselves one simple question. Who's the better team, Alabama or Florida State? Ask Michigan who they'd rather play, Alabama or Florida State. They told you by the gasp watching the selection show, they wanted Florida State because they're the easier team because they stink now. And it's not their fault. They lost their quarterback, Jordan Travis. But the committee get it right. Good for the committee. They 
had a purpose of the four best teams. And they got the four best teams because it's indisputable. You can't make the claim that Florida State's better than Bama. You just can't. So I know people hate Saban. I know people hate the SEC. I know people hate Bama. I get it all. Committee made the right choice. Their job, four best teams, and they did exactly that. So if you disagree, let me know, comment section. We can talk about like what should be right. We can talk about like who deserves it. None of that matters. All that matters is you got to get the four best teams. They did it because you cannot argue that Bama might be Michigan, but Florida State won. Bama might be Washington, Florida State won. Bama's a better team. Simply put, Florida State is barely beating a Louisville team. And I understand they have like a third-string quarterback freshman. I get it. It doesn't matter. They're not the same team. They don't deserve to be there. It sucks for them. Their head coach, Mike Norvell, wrote like this huge, disgusted statement. I don't blame him for being mad. I don't blame any Seminole fan for being mad. Committee got it right. They did the right job. So that's how I feel. What about you? Comment section below. That's the daily ticket. Are you concerned about the Lions or have you moved to the mindset where you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to enjoy it. And did the college football committee get it right? Of course he did, but you know, please let me know what you think. All right. That's the daily ticket. We'll catch you tomorrow on a Tuesday. Always a pleasure. Please rate, review, subscribe. Love y'all. See you guys. Bye.